Good afternoon. This is Lowell Jackson, and we call this time together on Wave 94 Fellowship. I'll give you just a very brief uh, recap of the week in case you've missed some of our earlier times of fellowship. We're trying to recover this word. Uh, I think we Christians have let others uh, pollute it, dilute it, take it away from us, but it's actually in the New Testament a beautiful word. Uh, The word talks about in Corinthians the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Our fellowship is with the Father. Another verse says we've been called into the fellowship of His Son. Well, which is it? The Father, the Son, or the Spirit? You know the answer. It is yes, all the above. Um, But he goes further and says that our fellowship is with one another. So this is a dynamic, circulating phenomenon that we and the triune God are enjoying each other. And God is hopefully enjoying us more and more, and we're enjoying him more and more. And this uh, dynamic circulation the New Testament calls fellowship. When I was uh, pulling into Wave 94 a few minutes ago, my uh, daughter uh, called me from Atlanta. She was kind of teary-eyed, a little upset. She had uh, been to a, f- a, f- a funeral today of a f- person the f- from the family she had married into that she thought uh, had died uh, prematurely, and she is very much a healthy young mom, uh, teaches some aerobics uh, in between uh, her other busy schedule. And... Um, You know, I shared with her a verse that just shows how active uh, our God is. Religion has tended to spoil our view, I think, of God, make him some far away passive observer. Uh, But not so, you know, with the biblical view. We even touched on yesterday, God describes himself as the fountain of life. And uh, anyway, the verse that I shared with my daughter um, is in uh, Corinthians, where um, as a kind of a health nut, she would, I think, appreciate this because she's in front of a, uh, what do you call those, spin classes, right? For about an hour where she's the leader up front. uh, But the verse says that... um, our outer man is wasting away. And uh, if you're over probably 18, you've already figured that out. Because I think that's about when most of the medical folks say we peak. Uh, so that's uh, the, the real truth. Um, our outer man is wasting away. And, but as you know, there's a conjunction there that gives the other side. It says our inner man is being renewed day by day. Didn't say Sunday by Sunday. It says day by day. Now, here's a little question for you. Make you think a little bit. Where do you think this renewing is coming from? Hmm. There's only one in the universe who is forever new never gets old and he is transferring he's engaged our God is engaged in a process to renew us fully recover us from the fall and as we read uh, yesterday in uh, Genesis 126 
when he made us in his likeness to be his expression. Um, that is being recovered in this wonderful process of full salvation. It begins with regenerating our spirit, then transforming our, our soul, the psychological part. And ultimately, yes, we will have a, a new body, the New Testament teaches, glorified. Glory is just another way of saying the expression of God. God expressed is glory. And you know, the, the touching thing for me is uh, some of the verses in the Bible where God describes himself. And I believe those need to be recovered from what maybe uh, we bring over from other religions and their views of some passive deity far, far away observing. In Psalm 87, verse 7, uh, the psalmist says to the Lord, All my springs, does that sound refreshing? All my springs are in you. And um, then in Psalm 36, verse 8, it says, You cause them to drink of the river of your pleasures. Doesn't that sound very experiential? God being very engaged with us. Uh, this process that we're going through, God is with us in this process, wanting us to be moment by moment refreshed, day by day, as the scripture says, renewed. And uh, the, the other thing that should touch us is that God went through a process. I'm not making this up. <laughs> he went through a process. In uh, John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. The Logos, the, the definition of God, the explanation of God, the expression of God became flesh. That was not always the case. We, we, we give it this big theological word, incarnation, but uh, I like the way the scripture says, became. God became flesh. And as it says in, in 1 John, he walked among us. We could touch him. We, could, we, we handled him, it says in the epistles of John. So God became flesh. And then in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 45, there's another became. It says, um, the last Adam, meaning our Lord Jesus, who is the, the, the last Adam of a new creation, the last Adam became, there's that word again, became, indicating a process, a change. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now, why would the scriptures describe the spirit as life-giving I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but just to make you think. That's a description that sounds to me like we should uh, take advantage of it, tap into it, experience it, that the Spirit is life-giving, not past tense. Uh, if I remember a little bit of English or Greek, I think that means continuous, ongoing action, life-giving Spirit. So... Uh, I hope you're impressed here that uh, our God is very engaged, very, uh, very active.
very much focused on uh, our cooperating, participating in him. I think I shared with you uh, the last day or two, my dear wife uh, is taking a required course for her college uh, requirements on world religions, and I get to be the one that calls out the names that she's supposed to memorize all these uh, dumb idols, as the apostles called them when they were preaching the gospel. Um, just Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. Um, dumb doesn't mean we're in offending anybody's intelligence. Dumb just means they don't speak. Our God speaks. The true God speaks. And, um, you know, there's some wonderful things the Word says. 1 Corinthians 8, 4, no God but one. Only one. As you know, at the, in the Revelation, God is described as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. John 17 describes the, the only true God. Uh, in Thessalonians, the apostle told those believers in Thessalonica that you've turned from idols to serve a living and true God. And, you know, brothers and sisters, I think we sometimes think of idols as something that people do in, in the jungles when they carve something out of wood. I really believe our American culture is always throwing idols at us. And I read a good definition in the footnotes of the recovery version that said an idol is anything that's a substitute for God. That got my attention. Anything that's a substitute for the true and living God. Um, this one uh, makes it happen. Has a purpose. Psalm 33.9 says, He spoke, and it was. He spoke, and it was. Somebody asked me one time, Do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck. I said, yes, I do. God spoke, and it sounded like a bang. Psalm 33, 9. He spoke, and it was. And then to me, one of the most important verses in the whole Bible is in Revelation 4, 11, that really explains everything. The universe, us, everything in the creation. It says, because of your will... Because of your will, we are in a purposeful universe, in a purposeful creation, designed by a purposeful God to give us a life of, guess what? Purpose. Romans 4 says, uh, he gives life to the dead and calls the things not being as being. And uh, Romans chapter 1 says that you can clearly see in creation that there's a designer, a purposeful one. And if you want your faith encouraged a little more tonight, go out and look at the stars and the moon. And just as my grandson, when we were taking a little walk together, he said, good job, God, good job, good job. And we know that there are many other wonderful terms the Bible tells us that describes the one true God. Not just that he's purposeful, but as you know, in 1 John, uh, he's the God, God is love. This is his essence. God is light. That's his expression. Well, 
about our wonderful God. We're going to be um, delving in in just a few minutes over at the Tallahassee Christian College and uh, Training Center. Uh, the course I'm involved in is called, uh, let's see if I can remember. I better remember fast, right? It is called, um, there's Doug Apple saving me once again. Becoming a whole person. Yes. Uh, better pray for the class if the guy leading the class can't remember the title, right? Becoming a whole person. And once again, we're going to start with uh, Genesis 126, how uh, a council of the triune God I mean, that's, that's about the, as high as it gets, folks. A council of the triune God said, let us make man in our image. Isn't that awesome? Let us make man in our image. And we're going to see that uh, in the creation, God became physical. You could go up and talk to God on planet Earth. Uh, God also has a mind. In fact, the apostle says we need the mind of Christ. Uh, God also has uh, feelings. He, he has some things he loves. And as the Bible says, he has some things he hates. So he has feelings. And um, he also has a will. Mind, emotion, will. That's what we're going to delve into in this course. And I, as I just read you from... Uh, Revelation 4.11, his will explains the reason for everything. Everything. Our God has a will, and he, it has determined his purpose. It determines us and invites us to uh, cooperate. And as you already know, John 4.24 says, God is spirit. That is uh, his essence. And he made us with a spiritual dimension, a human spirit that in the new birth gets regenerated, regenerated, and becomes active, functioning, core part of our being. Well, I'm enjoying this fellowship. I hope you are. Um, we're going, one of the things we want to do in this hour of fellowship on Wave 94 is to uh, interview real people from around Tallahassee that are uh, going on with the Lord, enjoying renewal day by day, and uh, ask them what's going on in their life, and maybe we can get some help from fellow believers. So uh, we're going to be uh, doing that in just a moment with my dear brother uh, Stephen Austin, who is in the financial realm, and uh, God needs representatives there as well. So our good brother Doug Apple has got his fingers close to the dial. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with uh, another uh, interview. At the end of the world. And when he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, Behold, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. These verses prove that the kingdom of God is the Savior Himself. Wherever the Savior is, there the kingdom of God is. 
He is the seed of the kingdom of God to be sown into God's chosen people, to develop into God's ruling realm. Since his resurrection, he has been within his believers. Hence, the kingdom of God is within the church today. Scripture, Luke 17, verses 21 and 22, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org. Hi, my name is Penny, and I meet with the church in Tallahassee. In Ezekiel 44, there's a unique phrase that says, You shall come near to me to minister to me. And it also says that the basis for the ministry to the Lord, the basic requirement for ministering to the Lord, is to draw near to the Lord. That no one can minister to Him without drawing near to Him. No one can minister to the Lord without approaching Him in prayer. Spiritual power is not the power of preaching, but the power of praying. How much you pray indicates how much inner strength you really possess. No spiritual matter requires more strength than prayer. If you would like to pray with a group in your neighborhood of twos or threes and pray with us, 850-692-9558. We meet in small groups for prayer all over Tallahassee, and we welcome you. 850-692-9558. Thank you, Doug Apple, for making this so easy for us to have fellowship with the triune God and fellowship with one another and fellowship with the listeners and fellowship with our guest. You know, I forgot to tell you that our opening and closing song, The Joy of the Lord is Our Strength, is that's not a professional orchestration and production. That's a bunch of college kids that are... Uh, grabbing their guitars and the piano and just uh, celebrating the enjoyment of the Lord. So uh, maybe we'll uh, let you hear a little more of that at the end of our fellowship hour today. But we have another guest. You know, I really enjoy this part of our fellowship hour very much when we can uh, get together with real folks who are uh, fellow believers in the Lord and uh, get uh, better acquainted and uh, pick up on what the Lord is doing in their life. And our guest today is uh, Stephen Austin, who is uh, fairly newly married, young father in the financial services industry, the banking world. Um, welcome, Stephen. Good to be here, Brother Lowell. <laughs> now, you started in Michigan, right? Oh, yeah. I uh, got my grade school through Michigan, graduated high school up there, and then I uh, got a chance to play a little bit of baseball down in the Sarasota area, which is what brought me down here, down south. Well, if, if your teenage dream is to be a baseball player and you're in Michigan, you've you got to go to the Sunshine State to fulfill the dream, right? Uh, that's the idea for uh, the little ones that will come behind me. They got a chance. <laughs> they, they get to start in the Sunshine State, huh? That's right. So you came to Florida to play baseball, and then uh, what happened? Well, then I uh, decided that it gets cold up there, and this uh, weather down here was pretty nice. So I figured I'd stay, and uh, from there transitioned up to uh, here in Tallahassee, uh, where I went to Florida State, and then uh, met my now wife. Uh, so, yeah, we really enjoy being here. So, in, and you're in the banking world and got a, a, a young son, right? That's right. Yep. Isaiah, he'll be two on Christmas Day. That's a, when you went to the hospital on Christmas Day, was anybody there? 
they actually did show up um and the doctor that uh, we had been seeing she was actually a newer doctor so she was actually the one that was on call she, she uh, got the christmas duty in. <laughs> so she got to deliver isaiah so it worked out really well well why'd you call him isaiah uh, well, that never would have thought that, you know, growing up, hoping we'd have kids. Um, but, yeah, my wife and I, we were just really praying, uh, oh, Lord, we want this one to be in your likeness, in your image. Let him come to know you as he would grow up. So it just as we were, you know, thinking and praying, uh, it just came to us. You know, Isaiah, this is the one in the Old Testament that, you know, spoke about the Lord Jesus and his coming, right? Uh, spoke about, um, you know, the Christ and his coming. So... We thought that would be a good way to represent him. Amazing. How, how did you begin as a believer? What was that? Uh, how did that turn happen in your life? So, um, yeah, I mean, grow, grew up with the whole Catholic background. Um, my mom you know, grew up Catholic, went to all the Catholic schools. Um, so I was aware, you know, from a young age that yeah, there's a creator, you know, and, and we call him God, but didn't really know um, or really seek to know any more than that. Um, wasn't until, you know, I came all the way down here to Florida and came up to Tallahassee um, where I met my now wife, Chelsea. She was uh, just became a recent believer. Um, and so at that time, uh, I genuinely started seeking, said, you know, what is this all about? Because um, it seemed so real for her, uh, everything that was going on in the Lord Jesus. You know, there's a lot more than, you know, just God being a creator, someone high up mm -hmm. in the sky. So I just genuinely started seeking and asking, you know, what is this all about? Uh, one day I was supposed to go play golf. I was working at a golf course while I was still in school. And uh, there was this lady who was pulled over on the side of the road. It looked like she had a flat tire. And me and Chelsea, we were actually together. She was coming with me to go grab a sandwich before I would hurry up and go play golf. And um, turns out that the lady that was there, you know, had a flat tire. Uh, something inside as we drove by said, you got to stop and see what's going on there. You, you, you need to go and see, uh, can you help this woman, whatever it is. I just can't explain that feeling. So I pulled over, and um, we get out and come to find out I was no help with the flat tire at all. Um, it was it was pretty locked into the ground. Uh, the, uh, the rotor was pretty stuck on, on the wheel there. But nonetheless, she was a very sweet woman and invited me to come into these homes where other people would get together and enjoy the Lord Jesus. Um, and so, again, that's not usually something I would do, um, but something that said, you got to go, you got to go. Um, and so, yes, ever since that day, um, just get together with other folks that, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus. Uh, we get together in homes, we get together in coffee shops, and the more and more that we get together, we read the Word, the more I come to know Him, the more that I see even more of how real this really is. Um, you know, Christ is a person. He lives, and uh, we can enjoy Him day by day. So it, it was uh, it was a few years back now, uh, but I I say you know from the beginning I always knew there was God, but it wasn't I didn't become a believer you know probably until about that day hmm. when the Lord called me. So you know it would seem probably from uh, a casual observer that you know you could, could have a kind of a typical routine american life living in suburbia coming down thomasville road on the way to the bank branch or the credit union branch and what, what makes it uh different and what makes it uh have some meaning to it other than just being a another uh, uh, american on the 
treadmill? That's that's a good question. Uh, I mean, there's there's probably a difference between you know just being a good person and doing what you're supposed to. A lot of that has to do with yourself, right? But the reality of you know what's going on here, being you know a child of God and walking in, in His light, has to do with you know following His will and not the things of ourselves. So I. I I drive down, you know, to work, and I say, "Huh, I'd really like that house instead." Or, "What about that car?" But I gotta take that back. And is that really what the Lord would want? So, being under His submission and really just come to know the difference between what it is that I want and what it is that He wants, uh, and then seeing the reward when you know it's just you're peaceful when you're in His what He wants. Uh, that's. That's how I can So if you're it. coming down Thomasville Road and you stop at the coffee shop, what what happens then? Well, you said you get together right at the coffee shop. With, oh, when we get together at the yeah, coffee shop. Yeah, what do y'all do? Oh, no, yeah, just, we just get together just, and just a social <laughs> cup of coffee or what? Good question. So yeah, we get together, we read the word. Uh, we've been going through uh, the folks that I get together with. We've been going through uh, book by book, which has been very helpful. Um, Really, to just dive through and understand, uh, you know, each book of the Bible, and realize that you know this, there's a deeper meaning here. And like you mentioned earlier, this is the Word became flesh and was tabernacled among us. And then that Word, you know, we can enjoy that Word now. Mm-hmm. Right? He He is the Word, and so we're we're there at the coffee shop, just getting together, enjoying Him as the Word. Just just reading the Bible in the coffee shop. Yeah, just reading the Bible. <laughs> that sounds like a good, good thing to do. <laughs> uh, one chapter at a time. One chapter at a time. <laughs> that, that's going to take a long time to get through the New Testament, right? Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's very, very, very critical, and, and it's it's more uh, it's more important to me than breakfast uh, each week. You know, time commits sometimes once, maybe twice a week. Uh, but that's you know the days that get together and read the word. It's the most nourishing part of my week. Well, you know you've really amplified uh, a term that um, we've touched on a couple times already in the New Testament. Day by day, uh, I think I mentioned a few minutes ago, renewed day by day, and then in Acts it talks about our predecessors, the early original Christians. Um, meeting day by day and you said you meet house to house right according to that kind of pattern in acts chapter two right what what do you do in the house and whose house just call on the name of the lord just there you know enjoying each other's company and enjoying and encouraging one another to go on in the lord uh, and then reading the word and so some other folks come to your house or you go to their house that's, that's usually how it goes. Try to try to pick a night of the week uh, that you know works best for others that can make it. And little and kids uh, running around and. Um... So we've got a Friday, usual Friday meeting is where we've got a handful of kids that are usually running around and playing and screaming and mm-hmm. showing us that there's all kinds of life uh, while we're enjoying the Lord. Kind of have a, a real house huh? with <laughs> real confusion, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Now, what are you what are you currently doing in uh, your Friday night get-togethers? Are you going through some book of the Bible or what? 
yeah, so we're going through, well, not, not a book of the Bible, um, but a book on the all-inclusive Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so just it shows a lot of how in the Old Testament we see a lot of what happened there. It was a picture of Christ. Um, you know, the, the folks that left uh, Egypt and were in search of the good land, right? God was taking them out of slavery and into the good land. Well, uh, there, was, there was a lot, that was a type of Christ that was there. What, one example of the type of Christ that was in the Old Testament there is uh, the manna. You know, God, God supplied the people out of the wilderness on their way to the good land uh, with manna, how they were able to eat and sustain themselves and stay alive. Well, that is a type of Christ. Just even today, we're now out here in the wilderness. We're on our way to the good land. Uh, and what we need is Christ to supply us and sustain us so that we can make it to that good land. So the uh, Egypt is a picture of the world, and uh, the, the manna is a picture of Christ. Is that why the Lord Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down out of mm. heaven? That's, that's really good. Oh. <laughs> Whatever, what other man in history has been able to say, I am the bread of life? It came down out of heaven. I don't know. <laughs> so he's he's the that's the picture and he's the reality, right? Amen. Right. Wow, all inclusive. That's a term I don't hear very often around Tallahassee. What does that mean? Do you have any feel for it yet? All inclusive. It means all he's inclusive. Everything, right? <laughs> Christ Christ is our everything. He's our all in all. So is the good land also uh, a picture? Um, I mean, right now, over in the Middle East, they're still fighting over the same dirt. <laughs> so they've been fighting over that dirt for centuries and uh, still trying week, right? to get to the good land or occupy more of the good land or something. Um, but that's uh, just a picture. That's not the real thing. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, that's what I, we would think. Right? Yeah. And I think you, um, you mentioned that uh, in the picture there in the Old Testament, you know, the, the good land that was promised was going to have refreshing springs, pomegranates, uh, everything they would need for a wonderful life, for a daily uh, sustenance. Mm. And even if you uh, look at the original geographic area that that uh, is described there in, uh, in the Old Testament, the boundaries, that's where so much of the riches of the world are, like uh, oil, for example, amazing. But Christ is the real riches, right? I think Amen. the word says that. Amen. The real riches. That's right. So y'all just get around, just sit around and uh, read some of that and share a little bit or sing a little bit or what else? Yeah, share a little bit because when we get together, each one has you know their portion, um, their interpretation as a psalm. Mm-hmm. That's something that they get out of this. So the purpose is that you know, we would share our, what we enjoyed out of this with one another so that that enjoyment would be multiplied to others and that we would be able to share in those portions that they're getting. That sounds like fellowship. I've been trying to mm-hmm. describe that all week. You know, the circulating of the enjoyment for, uh, between the members of the body and with the triune God. So mm-hmm. it, it is a reality, huh? That's why I continue to do it. I can't can't explain that, but it's very real. Unbelievable until you believe it. 
Good, good, good. Well, we're going to take a short break and be back. We're fellowshipping right now with uh, Stephen Austin, who um, lives in Tallahassee, is in the financial business as an advisor. And um, stay tuned. We will have some more fellowship. Brother Doug Apple will bring us back just momentarily. be saved when I live and work in such a degraded situation. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this crooked generation. Acts chapter 2 verse 40. Salvation is to be carried out by God, but man needs to be active to receive what God intends to do. At the time of Pentecost, everything concerning God's full salvation had been prepared and the Holy Spirit was poured out as the application and full blessing of God's salvation, ready for man to receive. In this matter, God is waiting for man, and man needs to take the initiative. Man, be saved. Scripture, Acts 2, verse 40, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org. Hi, my name is Danielle and I'm an educational psychologist. I've recently moved from Los Angeles to Tallahassee with my husband, not knowing anybody here and leaving my family in Los Angeles. But praise the Lord, I have a family here in the church. I've really enjoyed meeting in the homes with believers like in Acts 2.46 and day by day continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they partook of their food with exaltation and simplicity of heart. If you're interested, please call 850-692-9558. Hi, my name is Penny, and one of the highlights of my week is getting together with other ladies in the Tallahassee area to pray. And if this is something you would be interested in, you're welcome to join us for prayer. It's every week here in Tallahassee. Just leave a message at 850-692-9558. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, Doug Apple. This is Lowell Jackson, and we are fellowshipping with uh, a brother in Christ, Stephen Austin, who is in the financial services industry uh, in Tallahassee. Um, young dad, newly married. Sounds like he's uh, growing day by day in the Lord. Uh, tonight, we're in fact, in a few minutes, we could probably still get you in if you want to do a U-turn. I'm going to start a course at... Uh, Tallahassee Christian College, discovering how the Lord designed us three-dimensionally, body, soul, and spirit. Um, come on over if you can. We will figure out a way to work you in. Um, Stephen, is this kind of new to you, the matter of three dimensions, the body, the soul, and the spirit? Did do you Had you heard about this all, all before? Brother Lowell, no, not until I came to First Thessalonians five twenty three, where it talks about how we're made. Uh huh. And talk a little bit about your experience and what that uh, means to you, and having a human spirit. And you talked about 
things kind of happened there at the flat tire, right? When you uh, the gospel was shared with you, and eventually your spirit got enlivened and regenerated, regenerated, and started to function. It's uh, how do you cooperate? How, do, how does it work in your daily living? Oh, oh Lord, a lot of calling, <laughs> just like that. Oh Lord Jesus, we just got to call on Him because uh, the default is that we're in ourselves, you know, so we're, we're made, it says, with a body, a soul, and a spirit. And if we're in our, our body, that's our flesh. Um, if we're in our soul, right, that's where our mind and our emotions are, and our will. And our spirit, that's our innermost being. That's where we're made to be with God. Um, so it takes a lot of calling on the Lord to get into that innermost being from the out outer default of where we're at in our flesh so constantly just calling oh lord oh lord to just get out of myself and in my natural man even out of in my soul and in my mind and have and get into my spirit so that my spirit may overflow into my mind and into my soul and then overcome my body as well Mm -hmm. oh lord oh lord a lot of calling oh lord we need him yeah, there's a verse, I believe it's in Romans 10, about whosoever, I guess that means whosoever, what do you think? Mm. Whosoever, <laughs> Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. saved. And you know, I think a lot of times we have thought maybe that was just our initial salvation, but it doesn't say whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be born again or regenerated. Uh, like you were pointing out, we need to be saved from a galloping mind or uh, the lust of the flesh. You know, there's all kinds of continuous moment-by-moment uh, moment saving. doesn't mean we've lost our initial uh, experience of the divine life in us, but uh, there's so much distraction, so many idols coming at us all the time, so many wild thoughts. We need to be saved. And what you mentioned there, just calling on the name of the Lord, that is a pattern all the way through the Bible. I think the first one who called on the Lord was in Genesis, wasn't it? Uh, Enosh. It said, and men began to call on the Lord. And then if you look at Psalms, most of the Psalms, you know, are prayers, support poetry, songs, but most of even the ones that are sung are prayers, and most of them begin with what you said, <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and that's just a, a turning, right? It's just a turning of the channel, like we talked about, from our, our galloping mind or our fickle emotions or to or turning from wrong choices, oh, Lord. And the Lord honors that, doesn't he? Amen. Yeah. Just simple turn? It's a simple turn, a submission. It's, oh, Lord, you know, this one, he's our Lord, and we put ourselves under him. We give ourselves to him. Mm-hmm. So it's not only a, a title, but it's an honoring of his role. Amen, right. In our in our life, that we're coming back to an experiential um, of his, experience of his lordship. Right. Acknowledging that he needs to be the Lord of that moment in, right. our, in our experience. Amen. Um, good, good tips. Good help. I hope our believers are getting some enjoyment like I am 
Oh, that, Lord Jesus. <laughs> that's his name, right? Amen. <laughs> and I think somewhere uh, it says there's no other name like that name, right? <laughs> it, so it brings uh, all of the riches, like you were talking about, of the symbolic uh, good land mm. in, into uh, the moment. Mm. I wonder how our lives would be different mm. if we did that kind of turning mm. throughout our day. You know, we don't have to sit there and waste two or three minutes at a capital circle mm. uh, red light, right? Right, right. It can be an experience of turning to the Lord. Amen. You know, there's all kinds of pictures, like you pointed out, in, throughout the Bible. And I'm sure the Lord realized that we do better with pictures, signs, symbols, than we do with just didactic words. Uh, but the Bible says we are a temple. Now I'm looking at you. You do not have a steeple on top of your head. There is no ding-dong on top of your head. But yet you are a temple, the Bible says. So a temple is where God is enjoyed, experienced, and worship. Mm -hmm. So you're running around Tallahassee as a temple? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, the temple that uh, is the original one in Exodus... Uh, had an outer court, a holy place, and uh, a holy of holies. We're going to touch on this a little bit in our course over at TCCTC. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that the temple, the picture in the Old Testament, has three dimensions. The outer court had the natural light, but it was not where you were supposed to stay very long. It was the entrance. Um, there was an altar there to present a sacrifice because we believers do need to enter f further and further into God's presence with a proper cleansing. But also in that outer court, there was a, a laver uh, where we could uh, be washed from our dirty, filthy traveling through uh, this life. And uh, it says in Hebrews that we get the boldness to keep going on in from the blood of Christ, right? Hebrews 10, 19. But you go from the outer court to the holy place, and uh, that's, uh, you know, there was a table there. And on that table, the Bible calls it the bread of the presence. Uh, that sounds like what you described as the manna. In the uh, New Testament, the Lord declared that he was the bread of life to be taken as our substance, our supply. And also in the holy place, there was a lampstand where uh, we go from the natural light that's outside um, in the outer court to now a divine lighting, uh, what the Bible calls the light of life. And there was also the incense being offered in the holy place, which was just to be a sweet-smelling savor, fragrance, offered up for God's pleasure. But in this picture of the Old Testament, only one guy could go on into the Holy of Holies because the Bible says God dwells in inapproachable light. Mm. It'd be like uh, arriving on the sun. It'd last about a fraction of a second, right? Mm. <laughs> inapproachable light. And uh, you might remember that in the Old Testament they tied a, a rope around his his uh, ankle because if he wasn't fully righteous right with God he would be snuffed out so they could pull him out without them being snuffed out 
What a picture. Mm. Now, our holy of holies is our human spirit. Mm. God dwells there. In fact, Paul said to Timothy in his very last words, the Lord be with your spirit. Right? So the holy of holies now is in our human spirit. You are a temple. Amen. (laughs) How about that? That's uh, always encouraging. Isn't that wonderful news? And and in in the holy of holies in the Old Testament, you know, there was the hidden manna. which means we've just got to uh, go deep to enjoy that. But it's a, another picture of Christ being our, our life supply. Um, there was also uh, the ark, of, you know, the, the law, which was, gives man light um, for his living. And then there was the, the hidden rod for uh, power and authority. A uh, great picture of how the Lord designed us. But, you know, the Lord wasn't happy with that Old Testament arrangement. He was just trying, I believe, to give us a picture mm-hmm. of what he wants here in 2019 in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm-hmm. Us to be a temple where he's experienced, enjoyed, mm-hmm. and we can go further and further into our being, into our temple with the boldness of uh, the blood of Christ mm-hmm. giving us the entrance mm-hmm. that we don't deserve but his blood is fully adequate, mm. fully appreciated Amen. by our righteous God. And we can call on him, apply him, enter in mm. to his presence, enjoy him, even on Thomasville Road traffic, right? That's right. <laughs> well, um, I think our listeners may be getting a little interested in these uh, signs. And you said that your home group is reading the all-inclusive Christ? Um, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, how about we offer our listeners a free copy of that? Yeah, that sounds good. You'll do that? Yeah. <laughs> just, just for being tuned in to Wave 94 today, we're going to give you a free copy of the all-inclusive Christ. So have your... Uh, your phone ready. Hopefully you're not driving and endangering yourself to remember this. I think it'll be easy to remember or jot it down. But if you will uh, reach out to our friends at BiblesForAmerica.org. You can remember that, right? BiblesForAmerica.org. Go on their website and they will send you, postage paid, a free copy of the all-inclusive Christ. And it'll show you that these pictures, these symbols, um, all the way through the Bible are just to help us appreciate, enjoy a different aspect of what God incarnate, Christ as the life-giving spirit, wants to be to us in our experience. So take advantage of it, the all-inclusive Christ. We're going to take a short break, courtesy of our helpful brother Doug Apple and be uh, right back with more fellowship. receive the grace of God which I need so desperately 
Through Jesus also we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and boast because of the hope of the glory of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 2 Grace is the triune God himself, processed that we may enter into him and enjoy him. Grace here in the deepest sense is the triune God as our enjoyment. It is more than unmerited favor and more than mere outward blessing. We are not merely under God's blessing. We are in His grace. Scripture, Romans 5, verse 2, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org. My name is Mike Lynch. I'm a believer, and I received the Lord in a home in Memphis, Tennessee. And I recently moved to Tallahassee, Florida, well, just a few years ago. In Acts 2.46, when the apostles started meeting together, the believers first started meeting together, they met in homes, and it said, day by day from house to house. And this really affected me because I myself received the Lord and had my beginning of following the Lord in a home. Anyway, uh, I, I would just like to say this to believers. This is another way other than meeting in a large church building. And if you are interested in this, would you please call and leave a message at 850-692-9558. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Lynch, good uh, point there about how he also met the Lord uh, through a home. That was the testimony also today of uh, our guest, Stephen Austin, who someone shared the gospel with him beside the road as he was helping the lady with her flat tire and then went on into a home to hear more and more good news. We, we touched on some things that may sound a, a little deep in terms of uh, the symbols in the Old Testament, um, but it doesn't need to be complicated. Uh, the Lord has made it very, very simple. And Stephen mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, how and whatever's going on, good, bad, normal, abnormal, uh, anxiety, peace, that we can uh, make a little turn. Right, Stephen? What's your experience how to do that? That's right. So, I mean, just anything that happens, you know, day to day, uh, you know, wife, uh, my wife. Sometimes she'll get, she'll get, uh, calling myself out here. She'll, she'll get upset with me, you know, mm -hmm. when, when I'm not doing the right things that I'm supposed to, or maybe I should have taken out the trash last night, or, and I just something you know may may stir up in myself of you know uh, my my natural reaction might be to oh I don't want to do that. I'm not ready to take care of that right now, but. Uh, the more and more that I've come to know the Lord, the more that I get to hear about Him and His Word, the more that He saturates Himself uh, into my being, the more I'm in my spirit, the more I realize that's that's not me. Uh, I don't need to be the one that handles this with my wife. I take it, give it to the Lord. I say, oh Lord, this is an internal thing, oh Lord. And then my reaction to my wife 
might be a little sweeter than than it it, it would have been had I not done that. Um, so you say, same applies to the coworkers. Uh, you know, if somebody says something that I may or may not, uh, in my natural mind, agree with right away, I just got to give that to the Lord. So I tur- turn to my spirit. That's where he is. That's where he is with us. Where we can be with God is in our spirit. So we must turn to him in whatever it is that we're going through. Uh, good things, bad things. Uh, to understand it and be conscious of when, when we need to do that. Oh, Lord, <laughs> we need him more and more. So how, how do you make the turn? I literally say, oh, Lord Jesus, so either just... out loud or in my head. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. And, and that, I, I admit the defeat right there. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm putting him above myself. He is greater than me in this situation, whatever that is, mm-hmm. to overcome and, and handle what needs to be handled. So I give, give it to him. Oh, Lord. I'm not the best at it, that's for sure. This is this is something that is continuing to happen day by day. The more we come to Him, the more that we even realize that we need to turn to Him. The more of His light that we have, the more we see how dirty our situation may be. And the more that we turn to Him, the more light we have, the more dirty we see it is. And so this is just a cycle, uh, a flow, if you will, that we're in enjoying the Lord. Um, and whatever it is that happens, good days, bad days. So the turn is just to using the Lord's name um, in a, a way of re- His name is access to His person, right? Mm, amen. J- just wow. like everybody else's name. If you know you're in a room full of people, you just want to talk to one person in the room, and you call their name, mm. the rest of the people don't respond because it's not their name. Mm, right. But we call the person's name, and we get the person right into that particular moment and with the uh, the lord it sounds like it's the same way you call his name and you get the person into that moment into that situation into that experience whatever it is uh, the name is a handle on this wonderful person the name that's above every name mm. is a handle on the person mm. who is too wonderful, mm. as you said earlier, all-inclusive. Mm. Well, you know, uh, Stephen, that, that's actually something that the Bible encourages us to do all the way through. It, um, we, I mentioned earlier uh, Romans 10, um, but also in the same chapter, Romans 10, 12, it says the Lord is rich. How about that term? He's rich to all who behave. What? Call. How about that? He's rich to all who call. Amen. You know, religion would tell us it's about behavior. But the Bible says the riches of Christ experienced in our moment is to call on him. He is rich to all who call upon him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you named your son Isaiah. I'm going to pick a verse from Isaiah chapter 12. Uh, the Lord tells his people, you should draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now, that's not a literal well, right? The wells of salvation are just the refreshing experience of our wonderful triune God. Mm. You shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. How do you do that? Well, it's like you said, the next verse in Isaiah 12, 4, it says, call upon his name. Call upon his name. Um, 
Psalm 116, verse 13 says, I will take the cup of salvation. Mm. How do you take the cup of salvation? According to verse 13, Psalm 116 says, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Um, now, whether you're having a bad day or a good day, here, here's some encouragement from Lamentations chapter 3. Um, this is a predecessor who was having a bad day. He said, I called upon your name, O Jehovah, from the lowest pit. If you're listening to us and you feel like you're in a low pit, take that advice. I called upon your name out of a low pit. And then he says in the next verse, uh, do not hide your ear from my breathing at my cry. This is a just spiritual breathing, as Stephen was pointing out, calling upon the name of the Lord. In Psalm 145, 18, it says, He is near to all who call. Religion would teach us it's about behavior. As our brother Stephen has shared today, it's about calling, bringing the Lord right into that moment. Uh, Psalm 81, 10 says, Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Now, as Stephen said, there's a lot of times you can't audibly call on the Lord, but if you're in the car by yourself, uh, you certainly can, and it might be even sweeter than doing it uh, silently. Psalm 8, 9 says, O Jehovah our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And then, you know, when our predecessor, the Apostle Paul, was writing to the Christians in Corinth, the, the Church of God in Corinth, as he called it. Um, he addressed the book to all those who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every place. Stephen, what do you think every place means? Probably as it says there, Brother Lowell, every place. You think every means every? Everywhere. You can call on the Lord in every place? Probably even my cold friends in Michigan. <laughs> well, I got, probably includes Thomasville Road, uh, probably includes uh, Crawfordville, Florida, and every place, right? Every place. Well, this is uh, very practical and very helpful, and uh, we hope today's fellowship has been very meaningful to to everyone enjoying us, uh, enjoying the Lord, I should say, and joining us. Thank you, Stephen, for coming by. And Keep calling. Keep uh, reading the Bible at the coffee shop. Keep having Christians come in your home. Uh, once again, if you'd like a copy of the book that his home group is uh, reading called The All-Inclusive Christ, just contact uh, BiblesForAmerica.com. Org, and they will send you one. Thank you, Doug Apple, for helping us today.